0: Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese culture and history through historical Chinese dramas. We're your hosts, Kathy and Karen. Today we will discuss the rest of episode 58 and all of episode 59 of The Story of Ming Lan or Zhu Fo Zhu Fo Ying Shi Fei Hong The podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. If you have any questions, please reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter at Chasing Dramas, or else email us at Karen and Kathy at ChasingDramas.com. Please also leave us a rating of the podcast on whatever platform you listen to us to. For this podcast episode, we're going to do a drama recap, then move on to character analysis uh, with a light touch of history. And then finally, closes some book differences. In the last podcast discussion, we saw Gu Tingye, our main male lead, leaving on an official trip to review salt taxes with the Prince of Huan and his good friend, Sheng Changbai. Bai. While this is an important trip for the Emperor, it comes at a really inopportune time because Ming Lan is pregnant. We didn't talk about this in the last episode, but the hints were there that she was pregnant in earlier episodes, particularly, I think, episode 56, when Minglan called for a doctor to come see her, but didn't share with Gu Ti exactly what was wrong. At that point, she probably knew she was pregnant, and this is when she felt comfortable sharing with her husband. Well, we start the podcast discussion under this new status quo. Minglan is pregnant, but alone at home. With this episode, we are truly heading into the end game. <laughs> Every time I rewatch, starting in on this episode fifty-eight, which is one of my favorites of the entire drama, I always accidentally start rewatching the series uh, on this episode, and then somehow end up finishing the whole thing. I think these episodes are just so fast-paced and they're really well tied together. So it's just you know we have to go 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 in these two episodes. Uh, there are three things that are highlighted to me. Number one, grandmothers know best. In these two episodes, both Gu Tingye's nanny Chang Momo Mo and Grandma Sheng truly shine, and it's just a treat to watch them. Number two, uh, unfortunately, women who have too much time on their hands um, can be quite scary. So we see that on full display these two episodes as well. And third, which we'll talk about more later on, being a shu daughter, or daughter not born from the main wife, in this time period is generally incredibly difficult. And I am so glad we are not in that time period anymore. So where do we start? Well, let's start off with Ming grandmother, Grandma Sheng, visiting Minglan and happily doting on her beloved granddaughter. They're absolutely adorable together since Minglan and Grandma Shang can, you know, just act like children while they are together. Something we haven't seen in a while. Grandma Shang is obviously telling Minglan to take care of herself, especially because she's pregnant now, but also to watch out for Aunt Kang, who is Madame Wang or Minglan's father's wife's sister. This Aunt Kong has been spending significant amounts of time with Madame Tin, who is Minglan's evil stepmother-in-law. We talked about the things that are highlighted in this episode. Another thing is that this, these two episodes are literally just Aunt Kong being shameless and horrible to Minglan. And the best part is... She gets it dished right back at her. So that is probably why these episodes are some of the most satisfying in the entire drama. I don't know about satisfying. Yes, the end result is satisfying. But man, when I'm watching these episodes, I just get a visceral reaction of hatred towards a couple characters. Or just like, please, stop talking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your voice is grating to me. Again, just to say that the acting is phenomenal for these actresses. After Grandma Shang leaves, Minglan is told to greet Madame Tin and Aunt Kong, and the not-so-subtle, disrespectful actions from Aunt Kong start immediately. After Minglan greets the two older women, Aunt Kong neglects to tell Minglan to sit, as is customary. Milan, who waited for a hot second to see if anyone would give her the courtesy, decides to sit herself. She is immediately called out by Aunt Kong, who insults her grandmother for not teaching her better. But then Milan returns in kind by calmly asking, how is it acceptable for Aunt Kong to speak so disrespectfully of her grandmother? Well, the same woman, Grandma Shun?" Honestly, this woman, just from how she speaks, is A, a total Karen. And for those who don't know what it means, it's a slang term right now for a woman who is super entitled, rude and arrogant. Karen right here knows how badly it sucks to be named Karen right now. Yes, (laughs) I fully embrace the Karen meme, and I get sent Karen memes all the time. But anyways, for those who are not in the U.S. and don't understand, Karen is someone who is uh, conceptualized as a very entitled woman who thinks too highly of herself and demands a lot and treats other people very poorly. Pretty much a madam or aunt Kong. Right. And and back to this, um, this woman is B would not survive a half day in the palace if she were placed in Jin Huan or Empresses in the palace. Hua Fei and the Empress would have eaten her alive within seconds. Yeah, honestly, this person, you're just like, you would not survive at all. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, if I was placed in the situation that Milan finds herself in, I don't know how I would have reacted got to get your skills up there, okay? No. Well, Minglan's maids inform the group that Chang Momo Mo, Gu Ting's nanny has arrived. Excited, Minglan gets up to leave. As Minglan is walking away, Aunt Kong loudly admonishes Minglan for going to see someone of such low status and tells Madam Qin to manage Minglan. She is met with an ice-cold glare from ming that has such an emanating aura of don't mess with me that both of these older women stop talking. The look is probably one of my all-time favorite screenshots or wallpaper images, if you will, of the entire drama. It's just... Daggers and the word "look" is more like "look" l e w k. Uh, if I think about, I don't know if folks have watched like The Devil Wears Prada or even the um, more recent um, Cruella Deville movie with Emma Stone. I, I think about that look a lot. Well, this Chang Mo, Mo is here to protect Lan in Gu Tingye's stead. Ming Lan and her maids happily greet her, and the maids separately tell Chang Momo Mo the current dynamics of the household and the fact that Aunt Kong comes frequently to bother Ming Lan. It's pretty obvious that Aunt Kong is just playing up her supposed authority and relationship with Ming Lan, but in reality, she's trying to just be really rude because one should not be requesting the presence or the consistent presence of a pregnant woman when she should be resting. Unfortunately, this persistence continues as in the very next scene, Xiang Mama, Madam Qin's Headmaid, comes to request Ming Lan to come to the great hall while Ming Lan is actually throwing up due to morning sickness. This Xiang Mama would also not relent from being asked to leave Given Minglan's condition, without a second thought, Chang Woma storms in and just shoves the Xiang Mama over and starts hurling the insults. She doesn't end just there. Minglan's maids drag Xiang Mama off to drink tea, or meaning to like prevent Xiang Mama from keeping Chang from going to the main hall. And Chang Woma just stomps right over to where Aunt Kong and Madame Qin are sitting. Once there, Chang Changmong spends the next couple of minutes doing one of the best telling-offs of a person I've seen on screen. She calls Aunt Kong out for being extremely rude and pretending to be one of Minglan's elders. Chang was like, who do you think you are? Do you really take yourself to be a plate of actual food? Which in Chinese is kind of slang for, do you think you actually have weight? The way she insults Aunt Kong is just, oh, it's so good. Funnily enough, through this entire telling off, Madame Chin says very little and just lets Chang Mo yell at Aunt Kong. At first, Chang Mo is like, you know what, you don't have to tell me to leave, I'll leave on my own, even though she's still insulting Aunt Kong at the top of her lungs for how inconsiderate and entitled she is. At at a certain point, Aunt Kong couldn't take it anymore and yells for people to beat Chang Mom up. At this, Chang Mom is like, nope, and rushes back to the hall and continues to yell at Aunt Kong. I mean, yeah, who does Aunt Kong think she is? She has no right to dish out any punishments in a household that's not hers. Chang Mama yells at Aunt Kong that this entire property is Gu uh, Tingye's and not hers she chang momo is escorted out again by a couple of maids but that doesn't stop her from continuing her insults so that the entire household can hear honestly every time i watch the scene i just laugh the best part it gets so bad that aunt kong tries to chase after chang momo but gets tripped up at the door's entrance and falls over <laughs> After the fact, Minglan's maid actually uh, go to greet Madame Tin and request forgiveness on behalf of Chang Mo Ma. There's not much that Madame Tin can do because pretty much everything that she wanted to do, meaning uh, punishments, the maids were like, "No, we're just gonna wait until our master, aka Gu Tingye, returns." So what that means is Madame Tin can't do anything about Chang Mo Ma and her actions. That day. While this was highly entertaining, the issue is that with this telling off, both Aunt Kang and Madame Tin are now full of hatred, or even more full of hatred against Ming Lan and want nothing more than to exact revenge against her. Before we move on to exactly how these two are going to retaliate, we turn towards the emperor. He's currently farming in the palace while his concubine Liu Guifei watches on. This Liu Guifei shares her rather accurate thoughts of what's happened in court the last couple of days, while also implying that Gu Tingye has been less than eager to help the emperor. She also dishes out the gossip about Xi Hong and Lan's non-existent relationship. We don't have to tell you, but what she is saying is incredibly out of bounds. Someone like her should not be discussing matters of court, but she's being incredibly matter-of-fact about it all, or even the gossip of two married people. Furthermore, we see later on that everything she just said to the emperor was planted by the Empress Dowager. The most important thing to me is the emperor's reaction, which seems a little forced or almost like he was acting a little over the top to placate what Liu Guifei was hoping to see. Okay, now let's turn back to Minglan. On this day, Minglan is continuing to teach her niece and stepdaughter accounting skills, but then is visited by one of Minglan's cousins, Kang Jiao. She is one of the Xu Chu daughters of Aunt Kong, so technically not a blood relation to Minglan by a long shot. So if we put it correctly, Aunt Kong is the sister to Madame Wang, who is of no blood relation to Ming Lan. Now, this Kong Jower is also what you would say a Shu Chu or not legitimate daughter to aunt kong so they don't even have any relations together so ming lan and kong jauer are could you could say basically two random people but are considered cousins based on you know formal relations kong jauer said that she is here to apologize on behalf of aunt kong and would like ming lan to come to the main hall for a meal in order to accept the apology. At first, Milan was hesitant because she could feel a trap, but ultimately relents because she felt sorry for Kang Jiao as her status as a Shunu. She wanted to help this poor girl out. And that brings us to episode 59. Sure enough, heading to the main hall was indeed a trap. At the hall, all of the women in the Gu family have gathered, including the fourth aunt and fifth aunt, plus their daughter-in-laws, in in addition to Madam Qin and Aunt Kang, for a meal. After some initial pleasantries, the real reason Aunt Kang and Kang Zhao showed up is revealed, and that is for Aunt Kang to push Kang Zhao onto Minglan to become a concubine for Gu Tingye. But our girl, Ming-Line, was not going to accept this so easily. Once seeing the true motives from Aunt Kang, she actually calmly raises to the entire table all of the terrible deeds, or at least hints at the terrible deeds that Aunt Kong has done in the past. Aunt Kong probably killed several people in her household and is generally viewed incredibly poorly by her own grandmother. So Grandma Sheng, which speaks volumes of Aunt Kong's problematic character because who is Grandma Sheng? She is the daughter of a duke. She has seen quite a bit. So for her to really dislike someone means that they probably are not uh, of upstanding character. And funnily enough, Ming Lan says all of this in a rather meek and even tempered manner, which I personally think is really impressive. And it adds this aura of truth to what Ming Lan is saying. This revelation makes the rest of the women at the table feel uh, <laughs> rather awkward and they try to leave. But Aunt Kong then just blows up at everyone, screaming her head off. She turns her ire in particular to Madame Qin, stating that it was her idea all along and that she has already told her entire family, a.k.a. the Kang family, that Kang Zhaower was to come be a concubine for Gu Tingye. She, Aunt Kong, is not willing to lose this face, so she's going to just leave Zhao here for the Gu family to deal with. With that tirade and <laughs> honestly quite an annoying screech, Aunt Kong leaves, and Minglan is left to uh, figure out what to do with her not blood relation cousin. This Kong Chou'er turns out to be more problematic than Minglan initially thought. Since Aunt Kong left Kong Chou'er at the Gu Manor, basically all Minglan can really do is wait it out. I don't know, and accept her. Milan is in a rather um, precarious position. After a nap, Milan finally agrees to see Kang Jiao. But after Milan sternly informs Kang Jiao that she must leave the Gu premises, Jiao actually grabs a dagger she hid in her sleeve and stabs herself in the neck, crying that if she were to die, she has to die in the Gu manner. Luckily, Chang Momo and others were able to save Kang Zhao and patch her up. Ming Lan is visibly shaking from this, as she was not expecting Zhao to behave in this way, but is also at a loss at what to do next. If Kang Zhao were to die on the premises, this would be a significant crime added to Gu Tingye's name. So many of the Emperor's allies are already being watched like hawks or have experienced their own fair share of scandals. Minglan cannot allow her husband to have his own set of scandals as well, especially if he's not here. What is most despicable is that this Aunt Kong returned to the cool manor the next day and is seething at how Minglan treated her. She wants nothing more than for Minglan to be ruined. For me, my reaction was, what? Why? What has Minglan done to you? And how do you think um, your actions would have justified any other reaction than what Milan gave you? You murdered people. You are a jealous woman. Everything she said was true. This is a woman who clearly has way too much time on her hands with nothing better to do. She is just a vile woman who is being used by Madame Qin as a pawn. Madam Qin doesn't want to do the dirty work of ruining Minglan, so she brought in help in the form of Aunt Kang, and she's very happy to watch from the sidelines. Fortunately for Minglan, she has a wonderful Grandma Sheng to help her. Minglan wakes up to see Grandma Sheng waiting for her at her bedside. One of Minglan's maids has already informed Grandma Sheng of what happened, and she is here to help Minglan figure out exactly what the plot is being enacted against her and Gu Tingye. And in the next scene, we see on display, once again, how intelligent Grandma Sheng is. If we had our list of top, I don't know, 20 most intelligent people in uh, this drama, like we did for Empresses of the Palace, Grandma Sheng would rank pretty high up there. She may be calm and otherwise reserved as a grandma, giving the aura of not caring about many, I guess, earthly matters, but she is not unaware of her surroundings. She has clearly kept tabs on her and Ming-Lun's, I guess, contemporaries. And as they say, knowledge is power. Her knowledge allows her to notice exactly when an action is more dangerous than meets the eye. Grandma Sheng summoned Kang Jiaoer and is able to recite all of the comings and goings of the Kang family. Jiaoer has two other sisters who are of marriageable age, but both of their birth mothers are concubines that are favored by the master of the house, Master Kang or Jiaoer's father. Only she is born of an unfavored concubine and is therefore being used as a pawn by Aunt Kang Kong Zhao agrees with everything Grandma Sheng said and reveals that she was told by Aunt Kong to hurt herself in order to stay at the Gu family as a concubine. Grandma Sheng is not impressed with this answer. Everyone in the capital knows that Gu Tingye no longer has concubines after marrying Ming Lan. What makes Aunt Kong think Zhao can not only stay as a concubine but thrive? It's not like is a once-in-a-lifetime beauty. So what gives? Jower, after further pressuring from Grandma Sheng, finally reveals, whilst crying buckets of tears, that she has to stay because her birth mother's life would be lost if she does not comply with what Aunt Kang wants. Jower was told by the evil mother, if you will, mother of the household, to uh, actually kill herself within the gu Manor. not only that she has to kill herself and her body must be found to have various injuries that way aunt kong will go to court against the gu family and thereby destroy both ming line and gu tingye at this it finally clicks to ming line the utterly nefarious nature of aunt kong's plot Aunt Kang doesn't just want Minglan and Gu Tingye to have to deal with a concubine as an annoyance. No, Aunt Kong wants their lives. Once she understood what has befallen her, or what could have befallen her, Minglan is furious. She chucks her tea bowl on the floor near where Zhao is kneeling and crying heavy tears. After calming down, Ming Lan actually decides to help Kang zhao She gives zhao the option to pretend to be one of Grandma Sheng's maids and escape the Gu Manor. Afterwards, the Sheng family can help her find a match and marry her off in their old hometown of Yoyang. That way, no matter what, she'll be married off as a wife rather than stay as a concubine. The other option is, of course, to stay as a concubine. Jauer is stunned at this level of kindness from Milan, And probably one of the most heart-wrenching but accurate lines spoken in this drama, she states that no one is born to be a station below others. Which woman doesn't want to marry as a proper wife? She'd rather die than be a concubine. And with that, Milan's trouble is solved with Grandma Sheng's help. The rest of the episode turns... Back to the Sheng family, as Grandma Sheng returns to first berate Madame Wang and also inform Sheng Hong or Master Sheng of what happened. Grandma Sheng is furious that Madame Wang is still seeing her sister despite Grandma Sheng's repeated insistence for Madame Wang to keep her distance away from Aunt Kong. Madam Wang just does not listen, and so Grandma Sheng sends Madam Wang off in the dead of night to tell Aunt Kong to apologize to Minglan for what she's done. One of the lines that I really enjoyed uh, in this conversation between Grandma Sheng and Madam Wang is Grandma Sheng pointing out the hypocrisy, and when Madam Wang says, "Oh, I treat Minglan like my own daughter," Grandma Sheng immediately. points it out that no you don't because if you heard of your own daughters have a vicious or vile aunt trying to stick a concubine into their households, you did and will go and fight tooth and nail for them. Here, Madame Wong could not care less about Ming Len getting a new concubine. As for Master Sheng, Grandma Sheng tells him what happened, and while he's annoyed, he cares mostly that Aunt Kang is trying to experience or gain some of the benefits of being connected to the powerful Gu family. Every word out of his mouth is that he and his family haven't even benefited yet from Minglan's marriage to Gu Tingye. How dare the Kang family act first? Or else it's that the Kang family shouldn't use the Sheng family name to ask for favors. It's pretty sad that neither Milan's father, birth father, nor quote-unquote mother care that much about her. It's really only Grandma Sheng who will fight for her in the Shang family. That's it for episode 58 and 59, but let's talk about these episodes a little bit more for some character analysis. Number one is that Ming Lan is visibly much more confident in the Gu family now that she's been married for a few months uh, and that she's pregnant. The way she glared at Aunt Kang and the things she said in the presence of the Gu family women while Aunt Kang was trying to force a concubine on her were things that she would not have dared say in the past. I think this shows a lot of character uh, progression, and much of this, we have to thank Ku Tingye for his uh, continued support and, quite frankly, his doting on his beloved wife. Right now, Ming Minglan is coming out of her shell to be a powerful presence in the Ku family. Number two, Aunt Kong is spoiled and entitled but there is a saying in chinese that which means that for someone who is extremely hated or annoying there must also be a reason for that person to be pitied in her case it's probably because her husband evidently is a philanderer and she has to deal with his many women As the wife, Aunt Kong has no choice but to accept her husband's philandering behavior and, unfortunately, takes it out on the unfavored women and children in her household. She is despicable, and I wish so dearly she would just stop talking, but part of it is society pushing her this way. You realize that once she hears her sister, Madam Wang, talk about how her and her husband, Sheng Hong, actually have a pretty good relationship now that Mistress Lin is gone, Aunt Kang becomes agitated and annoyed. She cannot accept that other people should have a good relationship in their marriage because her marriage is probably hell. Plus, the fact that she may be entitled, spoiled, evil, and whatnot, but she's not very smart. So I think her level of capability keeps her from doing more, and I guess leaves her to just be an evil, spoiled person. That turns us to our third point. Kang Jower is the example of what most Shunyi, or daughters not born of the main wife's life, was like during this time period. The more I see these dramas, the more I see how little people's lives were valued at this time. Her birth mother and siblings are nothing more than tools and Zhao is threatened with their lives to do Aunt Kang's bidding. And the bidding is essentially to kill herself. This could have been Ming Lan's life if not for Grandma Sheng's care. As we have seen, Repeatedly, Sheng Hong does not care that much for Ming Lan, so if it weren't for Grandma Sheng, Ming Lan probably would have been killed, if not by Madame Wang, then by Mistress Lin. Ming Lan knows this very well, which is why she is so grateful to Grandma Sheng. Though I will say, no matter what, I don't think Madame Wang would have been as ruthless uh, or as heartless as Aunt Kang or Mistress Lin. I don't think she has the brains or the heart for that. Lastly, I want to further reiterate how Aunt Kong's little ploy here was all designed by Madame Qin. Way back from when Ming first married into the Gu family, Madame Qin could tell that Aunt Kong would be her pawn in bullying and destroying Ming Lan. As we found out, the whole idea of bringing Zhao er probably stemmed from Madame Qin. Aunt Kong is too unintelligent to see that she's being used, and Madame Qin only hangs around or allows Aunt Kong to hang around her for the benefit she brings. Madame Qin ultimately does not care one iota about Aunt Kong if she does not have any further value. But as we've seen repeatedly in these two episodes, Madame Qin is very happy to watch on the sidelines as, uh, I guess more interesting drama unfolds in the Sheng family. All right. We have only one small piece of history to discuss today, and that is the book that Madam Qin holds uh, late in the night with one of the scenes. The book is actually called Nantang Li Hou Zhu, which is about the last emperor of the southern Tang state under the five dynasties and ten kingdoms period. So the name of the ruler is Li Yu, and we've actually seen him featured quite a lot because of the outstanding poems that he's written. We're not quite sure why she's reading that particular book, um, and we barely even see anything of it, but we wanted to point that out. All right, next, let's actually talk about the book itself and some book differences. Many of the scenes in episode 58 and 59 are taken directly from the book, especially the dialogue. I think that's why I like these two episodes so much. We're back into the meat of the story. Ming Lan is battling out with all these women for her own survival. Even though the drama was pretty faithful to the book, I will confess I prefer... Book, Minglan's Handling of Kang Jower and Madam Kang to Drama Minglan. Starting off in the book, Minglan is already around seven to eight months pregnant. So she is taking every encounter with Madam Qin very seriously. She has a I do not give an F mentality towards the evil stepmother and Madam Kung In each of the encounters um, shown in episode 58 and 59. When Madame Kang comes for her first visit, Lan in the book does not keep a smile on her face. She makes it clear to the two women that she's not to be trifled with. This actually is the first time that both women see Minglan behave in such a serious manner and are taken aback. Drama. Minglan still tries her best to fake a smile. Chang Momo and her very choice words of insult towards Madame Kong are straight from the book and extremely satisfying. In both the book and the drama, Chang Momo is a force to be reckoned with. Um, one other note is that in the book, Minglan does not have a really great relationship with Rongjur. So she sends Rongjie and Xianjie off to school instead. So we don't really have a lot of the heartwarming scenes of the three of them kind of learning about accounting, etc. Now, let's turn towards the whole evil plot from Madame Kong to basically sell off Kong Zhao. After the whole shouting match from Chang Mo, Mo Madam Kong does not really react. Instead, she brings Kang Zhao a few times to visit and act as a benevolent elder. At this point in the book, Minglan is nearing full term and she's getting rightfully suspicious of Madam Kong. She orders some of Gu Tingye's guards to investigate the Kong family and the guards come back with some very useful information. Now during the meal with all the Gu women, and where Madame Kong puts on the display to force Ming Lan to accept Kang Zhao as a concubine, Ming Lan in the book stands her ground much more forcefully against Madame Qin and the rest of the women. She is able to leverage the dirt that Gu Tingye's guards dug up to force them not to take sides during this argument. Ming Lan's tolerance of Madame Kong is at zero and spills all of Madame Kong's dirty secrets even more so than what is done in the drama. Drama, Minglan, in my opinion, is still a little too mellow. I couldn't really tell that she's angry. She's frustrated, yes, but not angry. In the book, Ming Lan, when she gets home, is outright just slamming teacups around. After this meal, Kang Zha-or in the book is outside crying and begging for forgiveness. It is a Ming Lan who immediately tells her maids to search Kang Jiao. They find the scissors and don't give Kang Jiao any chance to hurt herself. That's not what happened in the drama. When Ming interrogates Kang Jiao, she is the one who lists out the dire streets that Kang Jiao's family is in. She is the one who knows that Kang Jiao's mother is in the hands of Madame Kong, and she is the one who coldly peels back Kang Jiao's lies to uncover Madame Kang's vile plot to kill Ming and Gu Tingye. Ming Lan was prepped with the knowledge from Gu Tian's guards and was astute enough to see through Kang Zhao. But Ming Lan was able to do all this by herself while eight months pregnant. So that is where I didn't really like how they changed this in the drama. In the drama, Ming Lan was essentially rescued by Grandma Sheng. Grandma Sheng was the one who saw the dangers in Madame Kang's plot and uncovered the truth from Kang Zhao. Minglan was way too reactive. To me, it felt um, a little too nice from Minglan. Like, she's now the marchioness, She should have a little bit more uh, wit, I guess, to her. And then we get to the next part. Minglan, in the book, gives Kangjia the same choice of either entering the gu manor as a concubine or marrying someone else back in Yoyang. In the book, this choice, though, was in reality a test of character for Kang Zhao. If Kang Zhao chose the Gu manner, Ming Lan would have simply, quote-unquote, gifted her as a concubine into Madame Kang's daughter's household instead. This would have wreaked havoc on Madame Kang's own daughter's happy marriage. Alas, Kang Zhao did not choose this path and instead had a good enough heart and chose marriage. Lan saw this and decided to help her out. Minglan always had a plan when she gave Kang Zhao that choice. She wasn't just doing this out of the goodness of her heart. In the drama, we didn't see Minglan give this test at all. We just see her benevolently give her cousin, quote-unquote cousin, these two options. Again, I didn't particularly like that they cut this part in the drama. Overall, in the book... Ming Lan was an absolute badass when dealing with Madame Kong and this evil plot, and she treated her cousin fairly. In the drama, Ming Lan was still coddled and protected by her grandmother. I guess I understand why it's to sow hatred in the minds of Madame Kong and, by extension, Madame Wong. But the book was able to do this without Grandma Shang's direct involvement. I don't know. I think this lays heavy groundwork for the next couple of episodes because it turns a lot of the hatred towards Grandma Shung. So I personally feel like it makes sense, but I also understand why Kathy does not appreciate the supposed dumbing down of Minglan. Yeah, Milan is a badass. We need to see her being a badass. <laughs> Well, we can say both Minglan and Grandma Shung were badasses in this episode, plus Chang Momo, Mo, So, you know, there was fair share for um, upstanding and, you know, kick-ass women throughout these two episodes. And that is it for today. Uh, today was certainly plot heavy, but that made for an extremely entertaining time. We must thank all of the great actresses that gave us two highly entertaining episodes. Uh, but once again, we must commend the grandmother for being absolute rock stars. As always, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions on what was discussed on this podcast episode. We would also like to point you to our sponsor, Jubao TV, where if you are in the U.S., you are able to check out a number of Chinese dramas and movies for free that have English subtitles. And I would say they're pretty good. This can be accessed via the website Jumo or on TV through Xfinity and Cox Contour. The music you heard today is the Zither piece called Lan with sheet music by Bing Wu Won and played by me. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode.